Hi, friends. So we're doing something a little bit different tonight. Um, if you don't know me, I am the less greater half of the Wooder duo. Uh, <laughs> so Mike is at a conference this week. Oh, no, no. Um, and so y'all have the privilege of hearing from more than one person tonight. And so um, I'm Emily, if I didn't say that. Um, and then who else do we have tonight? Um, I'm Jamie. Do we have to say like a fun fact? Yeah, say a fun fact. Oh man, okay. Um, I mean, you don't have to. There's nothing fun about you. Uh, I am so fun, I am fun. Um, I really like shoes. I'm Harrison. Hi, Harrison. Hi. <laughs> Have y'all seen Hot Rod? Anyone seen Hot Rod? Okay, a few people. It's like, hi, I'm Rod, and I like to party, but in spirit. All right, Brandon. My name is Brandon. Uh, fun fact, fun fact. My last name is Harrison. Wait, real quick. My last name is Brandon. Boom. It's it's not. Okay, go ahead. Okay. I am Dylan and I made these jorts myself. Awesome. Well, we are in a February series. It is a relationship series, but not your typical relationship series. Over the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about the different relationships in your life. So tonight, we're talking about the most important relationship in your life, which hopefully is the relationship with God. So we're talking about that, but first, I have a fun question, a few fun questions for y'all. So if right now I asked you each to give a 20-minute presentation on something, what could you do right now without preparing for it? Like Frozen what? two. Frozen two? Okay. Does this have to be like a Christian thing or like Obviously secular not. as well? <laughs> of the world? Okay. I once did a presentation on how to make chocolate chip cookies so I could chocolate chip cookies. 20 minutes? Well, you gotta let them bake too, you know? And, uh, Break and bake? Okay. <laughs> just, just go. Just go. Mine would have to be grass slash lawn care. I'm actually 47. I was about to say, Brandon, I know we're the oldest ones up here, but like you don't have to show it. Mine would be scuba diving. What? You scuba dive? Yes. Like often? Not as much as I'd like. Here? No. In Florida. Do you even see anything here when you scuba no. dive? No. What? Can you see anything here when you scoop it out? Have you seen Nemo? No. It's probably a bunch no. of pluff mud. No? And no. That's really sad. Okay. Um, so, or what website or app doesn't exist, but you really wish it did? Can I go first? Sure. <clears throat> okay. If there was an app, yeah, I did. <laughs> I thought about this. If there was an app that showed and you would take a picture of the back of someone's head. It would show you their face. So then you're in church, and you see someone in front of you. You're like, oh, I wonder if she's cute. And you want to snap a picture. <laughs> then you would know. That's, that's tough, dude. Real tough. The tough. Anybody else? I'll go. Um, there might be an app, but I haven't found it yet. But I wish there was an app where if... 
if there was like an animal or like a bug or something and I wanted to know what it was, or just really any object in general, I could just take a picture of it and just upload it to Google and Google would be like, oh, that's a spider. Isn't oh. that a thing? Is that that's a, a thing? reverse Google yeah, image did you watch search. That commercial? Oh my god. Okay, then I would f then I would have an app that would track a lamb for me for uh, my photography stuff. Cool. I need it. So if you have a lamb out there, anyone in the audience, your girl needs a lamb. But just to rent. I don't need to buy one. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> All right, mine is called the wife reader. Now, it has it has. I can say I did not come up with this on my own. Brittany actually came up with this. So. It has an it's fine translator. So when the phrase it's fine is said, you just like put it up to her forehead and boom, tells you what's actually wrong, okay? Another phrase is I'm not mad. What are you actually mad about? Give me the answer. All right, last one. This is a kicker. All right, you ready? In the car. What do you want to eat? I'm okay with anything. Boom, tells you instantly. Yeah, there Taco you go. Bell. So yeah, that's mine. <laughs> mine would be, it's kind of like a, a site that runs like Amazon, but it gives you the best price, like hands down, of the best quality thing. Mm. That's good. Lots of so I know like I'm the one asking the questions, but I really like this question, so I thought about it. Um, and we have a 15 month old and like I really want like one of those Instagram things that like tells me what he's thinking. Like, mom, I'm hungry, I want some more chicken nuggets. Like that would be great. But it could also work on animals too. Like what is your dog thinking? Like does he secretly hate you or does he only wag his tail because you feed him? You know what I mean? I think that would be very useful. I like that. I'm gonna take that. We're you could use it on your that. lamb. Oh my God! Yeah, like it, it could say like this kid is choking me. Get it off. Yeah, you know, like that. Mm -hmm. Or All the right. kid could say, "I hate this lamb." Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Okay. We'll work on that. <laughs> so, if you had to describe your relationship with God using one meme, what would it be? All right. I guess I'll start. Um, so there's one that's just like it's like a kitten. But it, it just has really sad, teary eyes. And it's like, wow, like just thinking about how good God is like makes me cry a little bit. But like it's usually used for funny stuff like, wow, my girlfriend bought me flowers this time. It's just like tears. <laughs> I don't have a girlfriend either, so. <laughs> also tears. <laughs> All right, so mine is the, the white chicks with the cat. All right, y'all following me? White chicks on the side and then the cats on the other side? I'm the white chicks. And it says, I had a perfect plan. Why? And God's the cat. And he says, but you never even bothered to run it by me. Tough. <laughs> that got deep real fast. Okay, there's a really deep and meaningful. Um, okay, so how many of y'all watch The Office in here? Yeah, okay, so you know when Toby comes back from Costa Rica and Michael Scott's like, no, God, no, no. I feel like that would probably be me when God's telling me to do something that I don't want to do. Or if he's telling me something very clearly, like he's put all the signs in front of me, and obviously I like Frozen 2, 
And in Frozen 2, Elsa's looking at this little lizard and it like licks its eyeball and she's like, am I supposed to know what that means? Elsa asking, am I supposed to know what that means when God has clearly said what to do would be me. But yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I guess mine's the GIF, GIF, however you would like to pronounce it. I know there's division among you. Um, <laughs> but it's of uh, John Travolta in Pulp Fiction. He's like, You know what I mean? Anyone? Okay, thank you. Some people don't text, I guess. Whatever. I send that often. But it's like, okay, God. Or like, God waiting for me to listen to him. It's whatever. Okay. Those were great answers, guys. Um, okay. So now, if you had to describe your relationship with God in one word, what would it be? All right, since uh, Harrison wants to call me out. Um, mine would be expectant. Would you like to explain that? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I think that I view God as a very big God, and I expect gr big and great things from him. Um, and I feel like in return, he expects me to do the same. Um, whether that's, you know doing something as simple as helping someone out moving or it's just talking to someone when they need some, uh, you know, guidance as to making a simple decision. Um, I think that if we limit God and we put him in a box, we then expect that from him. We expect whatever we put a cap on. When you change that and you flip the script a little bit and you say, wow, God is a lot bigger and a lot better than anything that I can even imagine, he's that much greater. So when we expect that, it kind of changes what we can allow God to do through us? Uh, I would say for me, it would probably be um, like refine. And uh, yeah. yeah, dude, that's pretty good, boss. Um, but uh, I don't know if you guys have heard um, the song by Maverick City called Refiner. If you haven't heard it, you need to go listen to it. It's amazing. Um, but just the fact that <clears throat> when we're on, like, when we're listening to God, it's really hard to go through just our daily lives with all the challenges that we know that are in front of us, and we know that, like, without, like, we think that we can do it by ourselves, but it's only because of God that we're able to get through it, but it's also those challenges that God puts us in because he knows that we need to lean on him with our faith, and we need to come out even stronger than what we went into it, and so being refined is you're going into this situation probably a little bit weaker, you're not as you're not as strong, but you're going to come out even stronger than what you were going into it. And so that's how I would, that's the word I would use. That's great. Thank you. Dylan or Jamie? Um, I think mine would be gracious, um, just because I know of, you know, we all know, like, everything that we've done personally. It's like, why would God ever forgive that? Like, knowing who God is, um, and he's just been so gracious to me, um, but then also, He's been teaching me a lot recently, like, how to be gracious toward other people, um, and then especially, like, how to be gracious toward yourself, because, you know, you can see all those imperfections and things, and just having to preach over yourself, like, hey, you know, God sees you not as that continually broken person still, like, even though we all recognize that we're broken, but God sees us as something different because of Jesus. Absolutely. Um... I think my word would be patience, and I feel like that is such a common cliche word, but um, I have a really hard time concentrating on one task 
and I have a million ideas that go through my brain every single day, and a lot of them are really big ideas, and <laughs> um, sometimes I get really excited about that one idea, and I'll fixate on, fixate on it for like two days, and I'm like, all right, God, this is supposed to have changed the world already. What are you doing? And um, I'm learning that a lot of really good things take a lot of time and that there's a lot of growth and waiting. Um, so I'm just learning how to be patient with him and his timing, and I trust that. Awesome. I think if I had to put one word on my relationship, it would be needy. I am a needy person, um, and I need God desperately every day in every aspect of it um yeah okay so would y'all like to talk about a time when your relationship with God wasn't the best and how you overcome that or overcame that so mine would probably be from like the end of high school into um, into like my freshman year of college, just because like I knew what I wanted to do, um, and like I knew that I was supposed to be doing one thing, and I was like, yeah, yeah, like I'll, I'll get around to that, like it'll it'll get there eventually, um, and then it just kind of just kept getting pushed off in the back burner over and over and over, and I was like, God, like this is this is a good plan, like just just let me do this thing, um, and he was like, no, like I'm not gonna let you do that. And he kept putting, like, roadblock after roadblock, and it just made me, like, upset with God. Um, but then being able to just recognize, like, this isn't what's best for me. This isn't where I need to go. This isn't what I'm called to do. Um, and God was like, hey, like, you, you see this road here that you're trying to go down, and it's just stop. Like, there's no way you're going to get through it. I'm not going to let you. He was like, but here's the way I want you to go, and there's all these open doors. Um, and he just directed me that way, and I was like, oh, wow, this is much, much easier and a lot less painful. Um, and so that's just kind of what I got pushed towards. On the daily with that, like, how did you, like, what was your daily walk with God when, like, th between senior year and freshman or, like, until you figured it out until now? Like, what would you say is different? Daily walk then was just kind of just, you know, just, you know, breakfast and lunch and dinner and, like, just life stuff in between. Like, there wasn't any real, like, time spent with the Lord, and so I was just confused and upset but it was because like I wasn't seeking what the Lord had and I wasn't you know trying to figure out what he wanted for me um but then whenever I was like oh well if I want to know what God's plan actually is then I need to actually you know get in the Bible and like pray and do the things that you know people are like hey you should do that um and so being able to just get into that and try and get into the habit of every day and just um learning that it's not something that I just have to do out of habit or out of guilt but it's something that I actually get to enjoy um and benefit from yeah, one time I heard that, like, the church answer is read your Bible and pray, but they're a cliche for a reason, because they work. <laughs> um, so if anybody needed that tonight, it's the best thing you can do if you need to hear from God. Anybody else? I'll go. Um, so my senior year, can I say the question again? Yeah. So when oh, yeah. was a time when your relationship with God wasn't at its best? Okay. Yeah, so my senior year, um, I was dating the wrong person. Obviously, you do that in high school most of the time. So if you're still together from high school, this isn't at you. Um, but most of the time in high school, you're dating the wrong person. And uh, I, my parents made me go to church, and I was going to church, and I would sit there on, like, Sunday nights, like, 
And, you know, but I would look, I would look a little bit engaged, just enough for no one to ask me any questions. But I think into my freshman year, uh, similar to Dylan's story, I really wanted to go to USC. I was like, I'm not staying in Charleston. I'm done with Charleston. This place sucks. Um, and I was to go be closer to that boy. So anyway, um, that obviously did not, did not work because I'm still here in Charleston. But uh, it was two weeks before move-in day, and my dad wrote me this letter. And, you know, your dad is supposed to be an example of, like, your heavenly father. And so I felt like this was really God speaking through him. But he told me that, um, and I value my dad's opinion a lot, but he told me in the letter, he was like, I've been praying for you, and I don't feel like USC is where you're supposed to be at. He's like, but we'll help you and we'll support you in whatever decision you make. But we do think that you're making a really big, a bad decision. And I knew I was making a bad decision. I just didn't want to accept it. And uh, I finally was like, oh fine, God, but I'm going next semester, and I did that for two more years, and I applied every single semester for two years, and something just came up every single time that made me just say, like, well, I'll just go next semester, and finally, after, like, the fourth time applying, I was like, you know what? All right, fine, God. I see you're working here. I see you're doing something here. I'll stay here, so, yeah. Gotcha. Harrison's. Uh, mine was about my junior year of college. Uh, I played soccer in North Greenville, and I picked up a ton of injuries to where it reduced my playing time, which really took away my joy, because I didn't really realize the, uh, the fact that I was relying on the abilities that God blessed me with instead of relying on God himself to bring me joy. And I thought that, you know, that game that had brought me happiness for so long, when it finally didn't, I didn't know what to do. I was in a place where I was super frustrated. Um, I couldn't score goals. I couldn't even like do simple things that I had done for thousands and thousands and thousands of times. Um, and it brought me to a really crippling place. But God in that time, he made me realize like, look, if you really want true joy, put down the things of this world and look up to me. And it really, really changed my perspective. In my senior year, I wish I could say we like went and won the national championship. We only won like four games, so. You know, but I had a lot more fun that year. Um, so for me, I think it would be uh, freshman year of college. Uh, was in a relationship with somebody, and who I thought like this is it. Like we're just gonna write it out. It's gonna be great. I'll probably go to community college, get my associates, and then go to Hillsong College in uh, Australia. Come back with an accent, live my life. It'd be fantastic. Um, and uh, it was. Like, so sudden, like, we just broke up, and looking at it, like, down the road, I literally put all my time into this girl. I put all my time, my effort, my everything to this one person, and I was just so broken for the longest time, just because, I mean, I think all of you guys know, because a lot of you guys, I'm sure, have gone through a serious breakup, and so it hurts. It's really tough. Tough. And, uh... I was just like, I was like devastated and uh, I remember going to a, uh, a one retreat with our youth group uh, that I was helping at the time and uh, I had one of the leaders like was just praying with me and uh, it was just then like I really, because I thought I knew what love was, but I didn't know this true love. Like I thought that putting my love into somebody and like having them reciprocate that same love, I thought that was what love was. but. That's not at all what it is. Like, true love 
is from him, and the greatest gift was love, which was Jesus. And so, and it took me forever to have to, like, wrap my head around that, because I'm just like, but I put all of my time, and, like, she, she gave all that time to me, and so, like, why doesn't this make sense? And, um, like, God's just kind of like, hey, like, I'm right here. Like, you can come to me. And it was just, it was amazing because at that point, I had literally, like, I pushed away all of my friends, and um, I was wrapping up school, and I was trying to figure out where I wanted to go, and that's how I ended up down here. And so um, it's just really cool that I got to see God's love through all of that. That's awesome. And we didn't, like, rehearse this beforehand, but I love how each of your stories, like, it was when you all took things into your own hands, that's when it was the worst. And then you, like, got to the end of yourself, and you were like, this isn't working. You turned to God, and he's right there. And we didn't pick these people to be on the panel because they have everything figured out. I Well, you might. I don't think they do. But we picked them because we feel like they have good relationships with God, but it's only because they've come to the end of themselves first. So, like, coming out of, like, either a dry season or um, whatever it may be, you just feel like you're not hearing from God or whatever it is, how do you take steps to improve your relationship with God? Um... I know Emily just said that it's so cliche to say pray, but you cannot have a relationship with someone if you're not talking to them. And um, I feel like when we go up to people and we tell them, tell like, if I go up and tell Emily what I'm going through and she doesn't give me some mic drop, like Stephen Furtick, top of the line, like Bible answer, you know, that's just going to blow my mind and whatever, then, I mean, it's disappointing if we do that, but when you're going straight to the Father and being like, look, God, this is, this is where I'm at. This sucks. I hate this. Why are you doing this? And, like, I feel like a lot of times, I mean, I felt this way before, that my prayers have to be uh, really nice and put together, but there have been times where words have come out of my prayers that were not of God. But, like, he wants to hear how you're feeling. I mean, he already knows how you're feeling. He already knows what your heart's feeling, and he already knows what's going on, but until you actually say it out loud, because it doesn't, it, you just need to say it out loud, um, it just doesn't, it doesn't feel real. So I would say prayer is definitely um, something that changed, like, with me. Like, now my prayers are a lot more uh, real. Like, they feel like more of a conversation. Like, if I were talking to Emily or Carol or anybody, like, they would, my prayers to God are the same as they are to them um, in just an expectancy uh, with it, so. That's great. <coughs> Sorry, my voice came out. Anybody else? Yeah, I would say uh, definitely one, just look at what you've been feeding yourself. Like, what have you been watching? What have you been listening to? Um, who have you been hanging out with? Like, I feel like I'm speaking to the youth when I say that, but like, it's so true, because we can tell the youth that, and they're like, I don't get it. But it's like, I feel like you all think about your lives and you think about, like, think about some of the stuff that you do. Like, it's influenced because of what you're feeding yourself. It's looking, it's because of what you're looking at, what you're listening to, who you're hanging out with. And so I think that those are some important things that, uh, to just, like, even think about. And then, of course, like Jamie said it, but prayer is so essential and it is, it is a gift. It is such a gift. And to even think about that we have this line of communication straight to God 
like, and we don't take advantage of it. Like, it's just like, we come into prayer, and, and I can say this, because, like, this was me for, the, like, the longest time. It's like, we come in and say, God, well, I'm, I got this, I got this, I got this. Thank you for that. Okay, thank you. Amen. And it's like, we never just sit in his presence. We never just sit in our prayer time and just let God speak to us. And sometimes that's, like, the biggest thing that we need in that moment is to just sit and listen. So I think that's one of the biggest things that um, we can do. I would say, along with the, it goes hand in hand with um, prayer and Bible reading, um, is just getting over the idea that you have to be, like, on or, like, in the mood to be able to either worship or to read your Bible or to pray, because it, it doesn't matter how you feel, um, because that's not where, like, you're having a bad day, it's like, oh, well, maybe you need some truth, and it's like, well, no, nah, I'd, I'd rather not read my Bible, that's not really something I'm feeling like doing today, um, but, like, that, that's what you need, um, so just being able to take a step back and be like, even though I may not feel great or, like, I may not really want to do this, it may have just been a bad day overall, like, it's not something that I just need to leave out. Like, you don't just not talk to someone just because, you know, you're, you're not feeling that day or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, just being able to take that time in prayer and worship and just be like, okay, even though I'm not feeling, I'm going to do it anyway. Um, so I guess just kind of like obedience and faithfulness in that. Mm-hmm. Last week, Harrison and I lead a uh, 11th grade boys small group, and we were talking about consuming and, like, what we consume, and one of our kids looks at us and he goes, bro, I eat all the time. What are you talking about? And we were like, come on, man. Like, but anyways, um, <laughs> it had to be there, I guess. <laughs> um, for me, it's definitely surrounding myself with people that bring me closer to God. If, all right, I'll be really real. Um, before Brittany and I started coming here, I kind of felt not necessarily isolated or like I could do everything on my own, but I never realized the gap that I had when it came to community. I didn't realize what it, how it felt to have a pe- group of people around you that can make you feel like this is home. This is where you should be. This is where you need to be. And I, didn't, I didn't, couldn't see it for myself. And thankfully, she saw it for me. And um, coming here has really changed my outlook, not necessarily on life, but on how I can change change people's lives and how y'all have changed mine. Um, So this place is awesome, really, really awesome, and I'm thankful for it. Yeah, if someone didn't bring it up, I was definitely going to bring up community. Like, Tuesday night is by far my favorite night of the week because of y'all, and I really hope that, like, that thing back there is not just a banner. Like, we really, like... I think tonight is a great example of that. Like, we're all having open hearts, and we had open doors and free Chick-fil-A, and it's great. Um, but we're all in this together. This isn't a mic show. This isn't one person. This is us coming together, growing closer to God, mm-hmm. which is awesome. Guys, you don't even got me crying up here. I'm just hosting. Lord have mercy. Okay. So... So what are some common obstacles in your relationship with God? Like what gets in the way of you always being on fire, camp, camp high, mission trip high, um, for lack of better terms? Uh, for me, not to turn this into a uh, Enneagram discussion, <laughs> but I'm a three-wing two, which is an achiever. 
Um, and so for me, I'm very much a prove it person. Show me the law. Show me how much money that's actually going to cost. And with God, he doesn't always come out and say, all right, dude, you're doing this next at this time at this date. I'm very much a schedule-oriented person. So for me, that kind of can be a hindrance. If I don't necessarily have like, boom, this is happening next. This is what you're going to do next, uh, which really isn't the case at all. So that's kind of my issue. Mine, I would say, would be being busy because like life is busy. You got school, you got work, you have church things and all that. Um, so just taking that time to be like intentional is kind of tough sometimes because you don't really think about like, oh, if you want to get up in the mornings and do your devotionals and stuff like that's awesome. But that means you got to get up earlier. That means you have to go to bed earlier and then it shortens your day and all the assignments and things you have to do and all the other work you have gets time crunched again. And it's just kind of overwhelming. Um, but just being able to just take a moment to relax and like kind of work through everything and be like, okay, well now I'm going to do the things that I've set out to do because like it's like it's a command. It's something that I've been committed to um, and it's something I want to follow through with. So just not being as busybody as I usually am. Um, I think reality for situations. Um, I'm also a youth uh, small group leader and I see a lot of our students, I mean, I do it too, but a lot of our students after a mission trip or after camp, like on our last day, would be like, all right, what are we gonna go home and do? And they're like, read our Bible, pray, we're gonna go change the world. And then like a week later, I'm like scrolling on social media and I'm like, and I see something that is the opposite of that. And I'm like, what are we doing? But then I also look at my life and what I'm listening to on the radio and things like that. And uh, I think, reality just kind of sets in like you're not at camp forever you're not at a worship center forever you're not in church forever you're you're in church for an hour a day or you're in the building for an hour a day um but I would say reality is a huge obstacle for me especially just because I am a very unrealistic thinking person <laughs> so um I probably would say uh having idols and uh, I actually was like thinking about this when I was reading these questions. Um, for some reason, this came in my head, and well, it's not for a reason. It's probably God, but um, convicting me. It's whatever. Um, but I think um, it's just what are you placing before God that's making Him so not important? Like, oh well, I have to go hang out with these friends, and oh, and I'm a I'm a two, and so I have to like help people if. You guys need to take the Enneagram. Two's a helper. It's whatever. Um, but so, like, I feel like I have to be at everything. I have to do whatever I can. And if I don't, like, exceed expectations, like, I'm the failure. I'm the worst. I'm the worst. And uh, I just, like, I feel like I failed. And so I feel like I have to put all these things before God. And then, of course, I look at it, and I'm like, well, if I just went to God first— this probably would have been way easier, and, like, I probably wouldn't be as tired as I am right now. I probably wouldn't be just so, like, deprived of his word, and so I would say just, like, watching what I put in front of God, like, having idols, for sure. Gotcha. <clears throat> I think for me, it would be myself, like, putting, um, I don't know, one time in a class I heard um, oh yeah, when everything's good, that's when I turn to Jesus the most, and I like heard that, and I 
I was like, wait, that's like not the case for me. Like when everything is going to hell in a handbasket in my life, that is when I am on my knees and on my face before God. But when everything's going right, it's like my brain tells me like, oh, you can do this on your own. Like, and that lie slips in and you think like, okay, yeah, I got this. I don't need God. And um, I feel like that's my obstacle. Like that shortens my relationship with Jesus because I feel like I don't need him as much. Um, so tonight we have one more question, um, but I'm going to spring a question on y'all. So what question do you wish we would have asked you tonight about your relationship with God? Could you repeat the question? So what question do you wish I would have asked? Or like what do you, what is just burning for you to talk about your relationship with God? How has God's changing you changed other people? Will you expand on that? Like, how, in what ways has your relationship with the Lord um, been outpoured into the lives of other people around you? Um, and, like, how has that changed them as a result? Okay, so can you answer that question for me? <laughs> Dang. That's what I meant. Um, yikes. Okay. Um, so... <laughs> It's like w- trying to walk a fine line between like, oh, yeah, like here are all the great things that have happened as a result. But then like I feel really like, yes, yes, bring it in, like all, all the glory. Um, but I would like to think that being able to outpour um, just the love that I've been given into the lives of each person, like knowing I would like to think that people can look at me and say, hey, like he's my friend, but like there's something different about him specifically compared to, you know, just any other random person, um, and that that would be, like, my love for God is, like, so much greater than anything else that I have, um, and then that would kind of push them to either question why they aren't, um, or, wow, that sounds conceited, um, to question, like, how can I get to there, like, that's, that's something that I want to strive for, um, but also they want God as much as I want God, or they want to know why I want him so bad, even if they're people that I don't necessarily know that well. Yeah, almost to get them thinking about, like, oh, well, he's living for God. Like, what am I living for kind of thing, I guess. Or if y'all can't think of one, so, like, how does God impact? Okay, Harrison, you go. Um, so I shared this, I think, uh, this is a couple weeks ago. Or maybe it was last week. Uh, oh, I almost said the G word. And, uh, right before we were like, we had a little huddle, and uh, I was just, I was thinking about this, and uh, this has still been on my heart. But um, I love the story of Moses uh, because one, he felt like he wasn't qualified, and yet God still used him. And uh, when he is at the burning bush, um, he's uh, having this discussion. And he's like, "Well, like." Who am I to say uh, to them that, like, who am I to say that has sent me? And uh, God says, I am, has sent you. And um, now, to go along with this, I don't know who, 
like Elevation Church or Stephen Furtick, but Stephen Furtick has this, uh, like he has uh, this, in, I don't know what you would call it, but like he has like this track that he like just talks and he speaks and music's behind it and it intensifies and you're just like, oh, presence of God is here. And, uh, but in this he's talking about how, uh, just tell them that um, the God of Isaac and uh, the God of uh, Jacob is there and he has sent you. And uh, Furtick says, well, why wouldn't it be the God of Israel? Because that's Jacob's good side. That's the new Jacob. That's who God has made new. And yet he says that um, it's still like the same God. Like the God of Jacob's struggle is the same God who turned him into now Israel. And so I think for me, I can look at that and I can say, I know God is like much more than what I could ever imagine. And when he, when I am like, God, like, who are you? And he's like, well, I am love. Like, I am your God. Like, I am comfort. I am peace. And I think about all these things that I know God is, and uh, I'm just trying to grasp all of that. And in times where I'm just like really struggling and just, it's God. And he's like, hey, you know, I'm here. Like, you know, I am peace. Why don't you pray for peace? And so um, I feel like that, if that encourages you at all, but I mean, God is, I am, so. That's great. Thank you for sharing. Anyone else? You don't have to. I've been, uh, we'll talk about grass a little bit. Um, this, actually this winter, I've actually gotten to know a lot of my neighbors um, because they asked me, why do you have green grass in January? And so, you know, I explained to them, y'all don't care, I'm not going to tell you. Um, <laughs> but I explained it to them, and then, you know, it gives the opportunity for me to get to know them a little bit. Um, my neighbor across the street from me, I found out that he plays bass in a band at Faith down the street. And, um, you know, I got to talk to him a little bit. I've actually talked to him some more because of that. So, all I'm saying is, plant some ryegrass, <laughs> and God will sow some seeds, you know what I'm saying? Oh, that was terrible. <laughs> you don't have to. No. You don't have to answer. Uh, I would just say I am just very conversational. Like, I am I love talking with everybody and their mother. And um, a lot of my, I feel like God uses me a lot in those conversations. And so I can't really think of a question. But if y'all want to talk to me later, I don't know. Maybe y'all will do something on that. Okay, so if y'all had to boil down everything you were saying into one sentence for everyone to take with us tonight about your relationship with God, what advice would you give or what, like, what would be something to wrap up, like, what, you're, what you've said tonight? You know how, how okay, so I don't know how many of y'all are runners. Um, I am not, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, whenever you're, like you're running a sprint and you know it's not going to be that far so you don't have to do it for long so you give it like everything that you have and you're just like pushing but then like a little while later you start to get tired and you're just like man like I want to keep going but like I'm tired um with that same energy of like that first full sprint um never stop chasing God like with that same energy um because it's not like you can get to a point and be like oh yeah me and God are like boom we're like this it's great um and then there's no more to be grass there's it's not like there's a point that you get to know God well enough that you're like I don't need anymore um because you just can't reach that point so in you know improving in all those different areas but just never stop chasing him 
I would just say, uh, just as Dylan said, like just keep chasing after him and uh, just remember that this, it is like a marathon, it's not a sprint, like you, you keep going and um, surround yourself, again, like just surround yourself with the right community of believers. Like it, it matters so much who you have around you because when you're down, they can help build you up and they can help put you in the right direction. Like I know that it's easy to have fun, but you can have fun with Jesus too. But uh, just trust in him, keep going after him and uh, never stop uh, never stop believing in his promises because his promises are new every morning and like he is he keeps his covenant every day so just keep that in your prayers and keep that in your daily walks there's a uh a spoken word poem by isaac newton yes yeah no not him um can't remember his last name anyways um, and it says, if there are words for him talking about Jesus, I don't have them. You see, my words are few, and to try and capture the one true God using my vocabulary would never do. But I use words as an expression, an expression of worship to a Savior. A Savior is both worthy and deserving of my praise, so I use words. And every time I hear that and I think about that, it's really transforming because the only way that we can communicate with one another is with words. So every conversation that you have with somebody is a chance. It's an opportunity. And I think that God blesses us with a certain amount of opportunities to bring more and more people into his kingdom. So every time that you have a conversation with someone this week, think of it as an opportunity. Um, I had it and I lost it. Dang it. Okay. Um, oh, I'm a very, uh, if you tell me you have a dream or something, I'm probably going to be like, go for it. Why not? Just do it. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. And you just have to come back. Like, it's not going to hurt you. Um, it's just a detour. Um, um, but I would say that there's always going to be a million reasons to not do something, but if God is the one reason, uh, and he's telling you to do it, then those million reasons shouldn't really, uh, matter. So be bold, be expectant, and, um, just be prepared because you don't know what God's going to do next. Gotcha. <coughs> Guys, my voice. Um, thank y'all so much for sharing. Y'all are awesome. Thank you for having us. So I'm going to pray, and then we have a few exciting announcements. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this night. Lord, thank you um, for bringing each and every individual into this place tonight. Thank you for Dylan, Brandon, Harrison, and Jamie all being open and vulnerable um, tonight as they talk about their relationship with you. We pray over each relationship in this room, um, whether it's vertical or horizontal, Lord. We just pray that this week and this month, especially as we focus on them, that um, you bless them and um, that we're able to grow closer to you tonight and through the rest of our lives. Lord, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen.